Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Super thrilled that you joined us again. Today, I've got the privilege of having Derek Kisos on the podcast. He is Chief Growth Officer at HHS. He is responsible for setting the organization's overall go-to-market strategy and building a foundation for long-term sustainable growth. In his role, he views himself as an internal integrator charged with fostering transparency and corporate alignment that leads to company-wide expansion. HHS is not the government organization, it's a company. And so I'm thrilled to have you here on the podcast, Derek, to share a little bit more about what you guys are up to and the important work that you do. So thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much. Happy to be here. Yeah. So look, before we dive into HHS, tell us about you. What is it that inspired your participation in healthcare? Yeah, absolutely. My, my career has taken a very winding path. Uh, it's not a traditional path. Started in, in the military and then serving ultimately in a strategy role at the Pentagon. And from there, moving into government contracting work with a large outsource provider in there. And we had an international arm that did a lot of healthcare outsourcing. And so for some reason, even though I didn't have any experience, I got the proverbial tap on the shoulder, said, go over to, to the UK, go to Australia, the Middle East, learn how we, at the time, a different company, do healthcare around the world, and let's bring that back to the US. And it was all around outsourcing kind of everything non-clinical and, and integrating those services for best outcomes. And then I did that for a while, got really interested into diving into technology and learning how technology can really make operations more efficient. And so from there, I left and, and joined a, a low-code, no-code organization um, named Appian, um, who also plays in the government, but also healthcare, um, and was the industry lead for global defense and intelligence work there, um, and really missed the healthcare world. Hmm. And uh, I had known HHS for a while. We had partnered on a few deals in a previous life. And uh, since I had some of that experience from, from international healthcare, got the technology background, really came here to fast track our growth and, and really looking, how can we innovate? How can we become more efficient to provide better value for our customers? I think that's great. It, uh, really uh, awesome experience. Cool that you were at the Pentagon. I'm sure a lot of those things prepared you to really offer big value in healthcare. We need that outside thinking. If you had to say, Derek, what you do that differentiates, what HHS does that differentiates what else is out there, what would you say it is? What's interesting, at, at the end of the day, we are a large organization, over 20,000 employees now. But because we're privately held and family owned, our culture runs deep. Really spearheaded still by our founder, who's so active in the business and, and our chairman. We really take people serious and we look at ourselves as people company, not an outsource company. I think that plus our ability to just be completely agile. And I use a phrase here that is catching on, but it's more from the tech world, which is that agile development. And what we try to do is, look, we're going to try a ton of things. We've got an innovative entrepreneurial spirit. But if we're going to fail, let's fail really fast. Let's learn from those lessons and let's just keep trying until we get it done better. And we don't have the publicly traded bureaucracy and red tape to work through. And so for us, it's really around showing up for our customers that we show up drive innovation, drive some spirit around agility, and not just being a contract company. And it's really set us up for success. We started in 1975 and building through our core services, never making an acquisition, but growing to the largest privately held housekeeping company in healthcare. And I think we're sixth now, hopefully fifth later this year when reports come out, but in food service and healthcare. Nice. And so we really try to do that organic growth, which is some of my background. And honestly, what I think I bring to the organization most is two things. One, thinking outside the box. But two, how do we really take the best of what technology has to offer 
even into robotics and automation and not really replace me or humans, but augment it. And so Mm -hmm. it's technology and humans working hand in hand to drive outcomes. That's great, Derek. Thank you for sharing that. And so, yeah, sorry for the long winded answer. No, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I thought it was pretty spot on. And as we think about, and the listeners are are thinking, how can we work with Derek and HHS? What would you say the best value you provide to the health ecosystem is? And this is great for some people, not great for others, but, but just being transparent, we don't have here in our home office, we don't develop solutions where we say, come into partner with HHS and you get X. What we like to do, and I have young kids, so I put a lot of things in that context, but we have Lego, basically Lego blocks, right? The building blocks of fundamental programs. And so the phrase of you've been to one hospital, you've been to one hospital. Healthcare is such a unique and nuanced operation. And so what we do really well is make sure that we don't have standardization, but consistency. I think in healthcare, if you're talking about supply chain and purchasing goods, standardization is great. But when it talks about how do you run hospitality services, facility services, these things, Mm. you don't want the same program at all hospitals because the culture is going to be different. The people are different. The region's different. Square footage is different. And so what we do is really leverage the consistency of our building blocks, what I believe is world-class training. And then we basically build a solution hand in collaboration with our partners to really say long-term. That's great. So is what you guys do then very much outsourced? So it's your people in the facilities doing the work and right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Two, two, two aspects. One, the predominance of our business is total outsourcing, right? Where you've got management and frontline staff on our payroll, but another probably 30% of our business is just providing the management services. So actually the frontline staff, hourly employees remain on the hospital's payroll and we bring in our programs, our management, our expertise to really drive that. And then one that we're getting in and what I'll call dabbling in is actually consulting, working with some of the larger health systems who are just rooted in having an in-house model where we can come in and, and which is different in the industry. Typically us and, and our competitors don't want to consult because uh, we want them to not do great. So they outsource with us. Yeah. But I, I just think a little bit differently. And if we can rise the tide of total facility services in healthcare, whether it's us doing the work or not, if we can help people along the way, as a country, we just get more efficient in health. Totally. No, I love that. I love that. It's a, a great opportunity. And, and at the end of the day, adding value is how you win. And if it doesn't work out, they know you guys helped them and you got the business anyway, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. I love it. I think it's smart, long-term thinking. And so if you think about biggest setbacks, entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, innovators learn most from their setbacks and they build bigger next time. So talk to us about a big setback you've experienced and a key learning that came from it that's made you better. Yeah, it hasn't been here at HHS, but probably the biggest setback that I learned the most about was my time in a previous organization trying to port to the U.S. kind of that whole non-clinical services model. What's unique about the United States is you could do something all around the world, but unless you do it here, it really doesn't matter, right? Like the proof is in actually seeing it and actioning it. And biggest failure probably of mine is we didn't truly get what I was charged with of bringing that total non-clinical services model here to the U.S., But the learning that I got from that is, look, just because I or the company feels like we've got a great solution for partners, if it's not what they're looking for, if it's not what they have, you can develop trust and confidence in, then start over, right? Like why try to continue to push something if the market's not there, if the proof isn't there in terms of what people can see and feel, 
And so what that's really helped me with here at HHS is when we go to innovate, if we try to pilot new technologies, instead of getting someone to buy in and, and pay us for that, we're just investing. If we're trying to be innovative, if we're trying to change the game, we've really realigned our mindset here at HHS to say, look, we want to do this. I'm not going to ask you to pay for it. I'm going to do it for you just so that you, we can prove it out, have the case study. You love it. Now we can sell it after that. And so to me, the proverbial, you got to spend money to make money sometimes. Um, at the end of the day, it really comes down. Sometimes we have to invest and spend money to provide the outcomes that we know our customers want, but they need to see, feel, and realize that value before you could go out and quote unquote, sell it. Totally. I love that. Yeah. It's sell what people want to buy. That's right. <laughs> That's know, right. Like, you get so involved in your business that you forget about that. It's the most basic thing. And I love that you just said, look, if it didn't work out, either do it for free or heavily discounted, have them see the value, get your case studies, and then boom, you got a product for the market with some stories. Yeah, absolutely. That's really great. There, we, So we're, we have a marketing agency, and I'll tell you, for the longest time, because we were born in podcasting, we always offered a podcast growth service. And so we have a lot of customers on that. And I would get into conversations and just realize it was hey, it, it, that's not really what we're looking for. We're looking for paid media or that's not really what we're looking for. We're looking for PR. So we said, okay, the market's telling us they want something else in addition to or instead of. So we pivoted and the, and now we've been getting that response that you're talking about, right? Because yep. we're offering what they want to buy. So it's a, right. it's a great lesson. And folks, take this from Derek. You might love your product and you might be spending a lot of time in fact, you are spending a lot of time on your product. Take a lesson from Derek. He's been around the block. We've learned this lesson actually last year. Just don't be afraid to change and don't be afraid to offer it for less to make those case stories. Derek, love this lesson. If you had to mention as it relates to facilities and food service in healthcare, what's a trend you're seeing or a technology that people need to consider that's going to change the game? Yeah, and it's not really new, right? But it's all the autonomous and robotics aspect of it. But the problem in healthcare is it's a, uh, I don't want to say antiquated industry, but in the sense where you walk into, I'll talk about floor care robot, right? You walk into a Walmart or big box store, or you walk into something like an airport that shuts down at night. It's great to get those robots in there cleaning, doing all of those works to cut down on, on, on employees. Hospitals don't shut down, yeah. right? And one of the things that I think we're going to see more and more are A, robotics companies stop the bifurcation of software and hardware and do it together so they can really drive the outcomes and tweak it for the healthcare, depending on the size of the halls, those things. But we're also seeing it a lot now in the kitchen side, whether mm. that's food production, whether that's plate building, tray building, or the restaurant in the box concepts. The biggest thing still out there, and it's been out there for a long time, is what do you do for third shift or off hours when maybe the cafeteria is closed and a visitor or family member needs something to eat and they don't want bending? Or nurses on third shift, they want something quick and fresh and healthy. And so that's where we're spending a lot of our time. And we're looking to really go, okay, yes, there's autonomous micro markets and there's these great things. But what's next? What can we do that really drives that a step ahead and bring it to healthcare first? And we're in aviation, we're in hospitality, we're in these other divisions. And so we set up these learning, internal learning panels across the board to say, what are these other industries who are willing to take risks a lot more? Because you're not talking about patient safety to bring into healthcare and really drive that change. But I, I do think it's going to be a combination of generative AI and, and how do you interact with your, your housekeeping team, your culinary team, but also how do you rightfully 
put robotics into a hospital environment that's going to be safe, reliable, and drive improvement. That's great, Derek. Yeah, just finding the right applications for technologies that exist and being thoughtful about the values it's delivering. Love that so much. And yes, and I, I just think about like, you walk into some airports, like I'll tell you, I don't know. I think Houston, for example, like I love that airport. And you walk through there and you're just like, damn, this is awesome. And how cool would it be to feel, obviously your reasons for being there are different than being in a hospital, but yeah. to get the feeling like, wow, okay, I feel comfortable here is a big thing. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or even some of the new stadiums that are coming out with ways to speed up. You're going to a concert or a, or a sporting event. You don't want to wait in line. You don't want to no. be missing the action. And so yeah. how do you optimize that throughput of people, but still give them what they want with the tailorization of maybe someone doesn't want mayonnaise on a burger. You still want to do that while speeding through quickly. And so that's where we're at. We formed some pretty cool strategic alliances or pseudo joint ventures with some company because we feel as operators, we want to drive the R&D process on technology, right? We don't want yeah, software yeah. and IT people to do that because we have boots on the ground. We know what's right. And we're seeing a lot of progress with that and excited for what that brings in 24. Love it. So great. Derek, I really appreciate you sharing this angle on the operations yeah. of healthcare. For the folks listening that may want to interact with you or engage, leave us a closing thought and the best place they could reach out to you. Yeah, absolutely. Look, at the end of the day, I, I think in outsourcing hospitality services, non-clinical support services, whatever you want to call it, to me comes down to choosing the right partner and choosing the right people that you can build trust and confidence on in, not just what is on a, an RFP response or a presentation, right? That's, it's easy to be a great marketing or sales company, but I think more and more people need to buy people and they need to partner with people they can trust they know can deliver and show up. And ultimately, at the end of the day, drive to, to me, what matters most is taking care of your frontline team members, your onsite managers, technology, economics of deals, all of that follows if you're taking care of those people who are on the front lines who are delivering a service. And, and so that's what we do. And to reach out to me, um, I'm pretty accessible out there, through, either through LinkedIn, our website, I'm um, happy to connect with anyone. And, and honestly, happy to just talk about thoughts and take off my HHS hat and really just provide guidance, advice from what I see, whether that's, a, whether that's a hospital or someone else in the industry selling into hospitals. Always happy to, to lend an ear, lend my thoughts and go from there. Amazing, Derek. Thank you for, for offering that up. Folks, we'll, in the show notes, we'll leave all the ways to get in touch with Derek through his LinkedIn, the AJHS website, and ways for you guys to learn more. Derek, really appreciate you jumping on the podcast with us today and looking forward to staying in touch with you. Yeah, have a great day. Have a great weekend.